welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. We got a lot of information this last week. E3 news, patch, bilge rats, skeleton thrones. Let's get into it. First up on today's docket, patch 1.1.2 Skeleton Thrones is now live, so the hungering one is gone, and while things seem to have calmed down for now, that won't always be the case, so we could start seeing sharks similar to the Megalodon back as soon as the next patch. So these smaller sharks will probably be out there in a very similar manner to Storms and the Kraken, so keep a watchful eye out there, make sure if you see a fin cresting the water or breaking up at the top of the the sea, uh, be prepared. You may have to deal with a mini Megalodon. This patch brought with it the Bilgerat Adventures, which has its own reputation and rewards with it. Last Thursday, we got our first look at weekly events, which started off with the Skeleton Thrones. So far, it's been an entertaining event. Uh, If you don't know, there are five small thrones and five large thrones. The large thrones need at least one other person from another crew to be able to complete. The goal is simply to find these thrones out in the world and sit in them. There are some hints if you pull up your reputation tab and see the bilge rat reputations, each achievement is named and those names are your hints on where to find the thrones. So there are sources out there that have already listed where these thrones are. You can always find them at Reddit. I'm not going to talk about where they are or how to find that information. I'm going to leave that up to you guys because I want to make sure that if you don't want to get spoiled on where they are and you just want to sail out into the world and look for them yourselves, you have that ability. But I'm going to give you the base information that's already in game. Make no mistake, pirates. Not all of these are easy to find and some are even harder to get to. I'm looking at you, Marauders Arch, you tricky devil. So what do you do with the remaining 40 doubloons? Well, that's where the brilliance of this patch comes into play. I'm going to argue that this patch is just as big and important as the Hungering Deep, and here's why. Bilge Rats now give us that extra means to earn reputation that Mike and Joe have talked about in the past. With new avenues for getting to Pirate Legend, as it stands, you can only gain reputation by doing voyages for each of the merchants. With this new reputation, however, you can earn gold or reputation by doing events that take you off to do something that's not in the normal gameplay loop. While right now the reputation and gold rewards are small, they can change at any point. This allows people who have just turned in a lot of loot but find themselves just on the edge of a new promotion to be able to go up into the tavern, actually talk to one of the bilge rat representatives and earn a letter of recommendation. So instead of having to go back out and grind a level 44 Merchant Alliance quest that only has three black snakes and two golden pigs, you can get that extra boost in reputation, get the promotion, and now get a better quest or a better voyage to actually go out and continue the grind at a higher level. I really love this. I think this is a great way for the team to introduce new items and new reputation gains into the game. So if you complete all 10 thrones, you'll actually earn the title of Master of Thrones. And by completing all of the solo thrones, you can earn the title of Hero of Thrones. The gear is going to be limited and will only be available till the 26th of June. 
So make sure you get out there. Make sure you start using that speaking trumpet. Oh, speaking of trumpets, all pirates now have the basic sailor speaking trumpet with cosmetics available in the Admiral, Bilge Rat, Sea Dog, and Sovereign styles. The same is true for all of the drums as well, too. And with the drums, you can now play Merrick's Shanty, which was added as a permanent playable song now. And there have been a couple of additions to accessibility section as well, too, giving more options for people who need or prefer colorblind filters. I know I actually have a few games that I prefer some of these settings for. So the last part of the patch notes, which I'm going to cover, I'd like to talk about one that adheres to the code. So Article 1 of the Pirate Code states that everyone is welcome on the Sea of Thieves, regardless of age, gender, race, sexuality, nationality, or creed. To celebrate that, they have introduced a new flag to sail, one that I've been sporting for a while, and that, of course, is a rainbow flag. With June being Pride Month, I'm happy to show support for the LGBT community and see that there have been some reputation or representation in the game already for people flying the rainbow flag. It's an optional thing to do, so no one needs to feel forced to have it up. But it's great being able to see a lot of ships sail with this, especially while doing the Pirate Thrones event. Next up on today's docket, we're going to cover the developer update. So Drew Stevens is back with the first update during E3 to talk about the Pioneer program, which is Rare's means of testing the game outside of the live client. A wave of emails went out with inviting players to try out the beta client to help with feedback and testing. And I know there have been some people upset who were expecting to get an invite based on their previous status as pioneers and helping test the alpha and beta clients prior to launch. For those folks, I can only say be patient. I'm sure there was a small wave of invites initially and there will probably be additional waves when they're able to set up more servers dedicated to just the beta system. I personally wasn't sent an email, so I don't know what's being pushed to these clients. And even if I was, I guess I'd be under NDA and wouldn't be able to talk about it here. So that being said, if I do get an invite, I will probably continue to cover the news and speculation about future content the same way I have been. I've always got ideas out there that can happen in games, so you never know. Drew goes on to talk about the Skeleton Thrones event, which I just covered at the beginning of the episode, but does mention that the first event will be going for a couple of weeks before the next Bilge Rat Adventures. If Skeleton Thrones are any indication of time length for weekly events, then I can expect the second adventure around the 26th of June and go for a couple weeks till the 17th of July. This is when I start getting into speculation about when the curse sales will drop. If the team decides that they want a week's worth of buildup to curse sales, similar to having Merrick on the beach for Sharkbait Cove, then the 17th will be the start of that week buildup, giving the curse sales content a launch date of July 24th, well after Joe is back from vacation and a full month of pioneer testing for major bugs and feedback. I'm sure as we get closer to July, we'll know more about, but for now, that's basically my best bet. So last week, I tried to find a name for what I wanted to call the story section, and it didn't really dawn on me, but someone on Twitter was nice enough to call it Captain's Log. So 
While I have a captain's log for today, it's not going to be something that I did on the Sea of Thieves, because I actually wasn't playing much Sea of Thieves during the week. In fact, I think the only thing I really did was this last Friday, I spent a lot of time going out and sailing and getting the thrones, which that was actually a lot of fun. But I managed to go out to E3, and this is something that I've been looking forward to. Hopefully there was a community event. Uh, there didn't end up being a community event for the public, so I, I went out there with the intention on picking up a couple things, and that was mostly... Uh, merchandise that I had a uh, had picked up by Chris Johnson from the Player One podcast, who I sail with. He was nice enough. He was there for work, and he managed to get down into the shop, and he picked up a bandana, uh, the Obsidian Eye of Reach, which I'm going to talk about later, and the coin from the event, because I tried to get uh, the statue, but I didn't get a chance, and I'll, I'll get into to what, what I'm talking about later on, but I went down there with the intention of getting a chance to actually meet the team, and I didn't get to do that, and I'm bummed out, but that's okay, because I still have the opportunity to talk to them online as well. That being said, I had a really great night talking with Chris and being able to have dinner. I ran into a buddy of mine that I hadn't seen in 13 years. This guy is from Arizona, and he's been a friend of mine from 2002-2003 when I was working at GameStop with him and he's probably one of the biggest gaming fans I know. He he is just a a wealth of knowledge so shout out to Frankie Abraham for for getting a chance to sit down with me. We had a beer and then he had to go uh, so I was really glad to get a chance to actually talk with him. So I'm glad that CJ met with me and that he got me some cool stuff from E3 and I'm glad I got a chance to actually go out there and just see so many fans of games and stuff. It was awesome. I really had a good time. Next up on today's docket, let's talk about the news from E3. Now, like I said, I went down there and I actually got to hang out for a little bit, but I didn't get any of my information from actually going down there. Everything I got was thanks to stuff being streamed on YouTube and Twitch, Mixer, wherever you happen to find it. But the E3 Coliseum Sea of Thieves panel talk was probably one of the more insightful places to get information. So on to the E3 news. We found out last week a lot of news not only about some of the upcoming content about Sea of Thieves but also that there was some serious swag to be had. A couple of these items were pins, coins, hats, shirts, shadow versions of Captain Flameheart statues which I missed out on unfortunately um, but I refused to pay the ridiculous scalper prices online for those. Uh, Two items in particular which were available to people who attended were in-game skins similar to the Chips Ahoy May promotion, something I know anyone that listens to me on a regular basis knows that I have a love-hate relationship with this form of promotion. I won't open that wound again, but I will say that the Sea of Thieves Twitter account did respond to Bodyslam, and Craig Duncan reaffirmed that the Obsidian Eye of Reach skin will be available from E3 in the game at a at a later date. So Craig went on to say, we do things like giveaways at E3 for fun for the people that we meet at events. Don't buy things like this on eBay where others profit. We hear the feedback. We aren't trying to create exclusivity, so we will fix. Something I'm very happy to hear. I love the cosmetics that they offer, but a lot of them are promotional items, mostly directed towards US residents. And there are a lot of pirates, good pirates, 
in other territories who would put to good use these cosmetics compared to some of the filthy buggers selling these codes online. I'm going to consider most of what I talk about now as finer details from the podcast and interviews that we got this week. So some of these could be considered spoilers about what's coming for Curse Sales and Forsaken Shore. So if you don't want to know about them, call this a good stopping point. However, everything that I'm going to talk about is all stuff that is publicly available for people to find on their own. That being said, let's talk about what we learned at from E3. First off, we found out from Shelly Preston that the cursed ships will be something that bursts out of the waters. And this is very much like the Flying Dutchman from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie that I love so much. And they will be bringing the cursed cannonballs. These will be limited in quantity, but have varied effects. From what I've heard, my thoughts of what they'll do is far less serious than what they plan to implement. I, I expected these to damage a ship to the point where you couldn't repair holes. So it was actually harder to actually survive some of these encounters because you would continue continuously have to bilge out water if you wanted to, to save uh, your ship from sinking. So some of the effects will be raising the sails or dropping the anchor, uh, while other effects will be towards the pirates themselves on the ship, like a grog ball that causes all pirates to become drunk, or one that causes pirates to begin to dance. And I believe Joe, during the podcast, asked Mike if the mutiny ball was added, which I can only imagine would cause the game gamer tags to change from green to white and add friendly fire. We later find in the videos that the volcanic area that will be added to the Sea of Thieves is going to be called the Devil's Roar. Nothing special, but definitely speaks to just how much volcanic activity we can expect from this new zone. Diving a little deeper, Mike brings up an interesting phrase that I don't think many people paid attention to, and that's the concept of in-session progression. The way he explains it is the concept of powder kegs. There are items that you find in-game that give you an edge when fighting other players or creatures. So cursed cannonballs are going to be the next mechanic that they will add to this idea. I like the concept and I think it will add some variety to the way crews encounter each other. There was a question regarding building fleets in the game before a game session and the response was surprising. Mike says that they are seeing two groups of people talking about being able to play without the threat of PvP from other players. Something I hope never really happens as it would remove a lot of the spontaneous nature and threat since that's everything, uh, since everything in the game would basically be programmed AI at that point. So while the other idea is having larger game lobbies that would then split players up into different ships uh, when you log into the game. So while they don't have any plans on doing this right away, they are aware of the desire and keep it open for discussion. So Shelly comes in uh, with a note that they are looking at a means to formalize an alliance in-game where you'd still be able to hurt each other, but it would be an alliance nonetheless. This is something that calls back to one of the things that I mentioned on a past episode about both crews having a majority vote on a treaty to help prevent backstabbing until the crews both agree to go separate ways. Uh, Joe says afterwards that this is something they want to put in sooner rather than later, which is a great considering some of my past experiences with other crews and skull forts. Uh, I'm okay with sharing loot if there's an accord. 
Mike comes in after to say one of the things they hope to happen with cursed sails is crews will have a common foe with skeleton ships and have an outlet for that ship to ship combat that doesn't force real people to suffer and lose uh, as a result. One question that I got answered that I personally wanted to know more about was enemy types, uh, enemy types other than just skeletons. And they have confirmed that there are definitely different types of enemies coming in future content updates. I know I have a few ideas of creatures that I'd love to see brought into the game. So they also want to make sure that each content drop comes every six to eight weeks. And they're looking to add more story to these content drops. The, the actual question was if we we'd see characters from the lore book and comics in the game and Mike never said yes or no to that question so for now it's still very much a possibility without confirming one way or the other uh, a lot of the video was actually stuff that I can covered in the past so if you're curious there is a link in the show notes to that info uh, the video specifically but feel free to go back into the backlog and check out some of those topics as well and in regard to the next build rat adventures we don't really know if it will involve cursed cannonballs or not for sure, we'll just kind of have to see how things go over the next couple weeks. So the, the last thing I want to touch on in the latest episode of Tavern Tales, the 17th episode of Rare Sea of Thieves podcast, uh, Joe tosses out the CFTs saying the fourth content update will rhyme with fall snails, which a lot of people have speculated and the best idea I've seen is just tall tales. And we'll finally touch on who and what the mer people are and where they come from. One of the last things I'm going to talk about real quick is just kind of community feedback from you about the podcast. And I'm actually pretty excited because today kind of marks the 20th episode of the show since I started it back in February. I'm really excited about that. And I think the 21st is going to be the fourth month uh, that I've been doing this. So I'm really happy to keep doing this. And it just keeps getting better and better. The more uh, we get content from Rare and the more communication we have, uh, I, I love them and I love the, the outreach that they've been doing so the reviews that i got uh one one of them was from outside the u.s it was from ryu online who gives a five-star review and says love this podcast to keep up to date with the latest sea of thieves news ryu thank you very much uh, i also had one of the discord members reach out to me and tell me uh they don't think they ever that that they ever mentioned this to me but i read one of their reviews on one of the episodes and he was listening to it with his little brother his little eight-year-old brother and his little eight-year-old brother actually recognized his game tag and started talking about how he's famous and he just wanted to say thank you for that so i'm really glad that uh that that this is getting out there and that people are enjoying it I love hearing stories from you as well. So if you have a story, feel free to let me know. There's lots of ways to do it. You can reach me at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Also at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N at G at, uh, on Twitter. Uh, I stream on Twitch at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. My gamer tag is C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N. That's all the Logans and Captains you're going to get for tonight. Crews, pirates, thank you very much. I love you. I hope you have yourselves a good week. Make sure you get out there and get those skeleton thrones. Get those doubloons and hold on to them or spend them. Do whatever you want to do with them, but don't forget to get that limited stuff while it's out there. You have till the 26th. Until then, I'll see you on the Sea of Thieves.